What's up, everybody? Here we are, episode 10. Wow, Spinny, we made it to double digits. What are your thoughts about that? That's insane to me, honestly. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, uh, I'm surprised we kept the initiative enough to make it to the to episodes. Right. It took, us, it took us like a year just to actually start the pod. And <laughs> so I didn't yeah. know we'd ever even get to episode one, let alone episode 10. But here we are. Appreciate you guys sticking with us and continuing to stick with us. And and, yeah, and we're gonna so stick with you, by the way. Yeah. Don't uh, don't don't let us uh, don't let us get you worried. Uh, we're gonna stick with this. You know, I think we both like it, and it's just as fun. It's just as much fun as it is work, honestly. So right. So uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll, the notes we got to we'll, prepare, things like that. That's I mean, it's fun stuff to look up and and get ready. Right, so. Right. We look yep. forward to this. We honestly look forward to this every week. It's our, it's the highlight of our week. That's why we like to start the week, get this episode dropped Mondays or Tuesdays, preferably, so we can start the week off on a, on a high note. But with that being said, we are going to start this episode with a, yeah, very, Whoa, very no. big roller coaster drop. Uh, very depressing news. I'm sure everyone obviously knows. Dwayne Haskins, quarterback for formerly quarterback for Ohio State and Washington, and now quarterback or was quarterback for the Steelers, passed away tragically at the age of 24 years old, trying to cut, cross a highway in South Florida when he was hit by a dump truck. This this kind of news is just never easy and definitely shocking, and it's just it's completely I'm I'm completely speechless about the situation. I'm sure everyone. Uh, close to him and within the Washington and Pittsburgh organizations are just absolutely blown away by this news that happened Friday, I want to say. Could be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, 24 years old, Dwayne Haskins. That is. Yeah, I mean, he's born right. the same year as both of us. So that's. Yeah, that's 20, pretty... 20, turning 25 <laughs> later this year. Yeah. So that was kind of a it's kind of a reality check um, to you to me a little bit like when you see an athlete like um, uh, die that's the same age as you it kind of makes you uh, tell everyone you love them a little more which you probably should do anyway so at least if uh, if a death of somebody you didn't know can can mean something to you that means the person was influential enough and a good enough person and did their job so I think that's that's a big thing with Haskins that uh. You know, obviously there was that little drama with Schefter and how he how he phrased his tweet. His um, phrase his tweet and then deleted it 20 minutes later just to tweet a, yeah. you know, better worded tweet. Yeah. He, for those that didn't see his tweet, he essentially began his uh, news-breaking tweet that Haskins passed away with saying his professional struggles, said that he struggled in the NFL. With, which is like, you don't have to point that out. We're talking about a legit human being's life here. He's a human before he is an athlete. And there shouldn't even have been any mention of his struggles at the NFL in a in a tweet like that. So I thought that was pretty pretty uh, low by Schefter. And, and now I see a lot more people calling for his job than there has been. So I don't know. I think a lot of people are getting sick of Schefter. And I don't know what ESPN is going to do with him. I'm sure they're going to keep him, but. Well, he posted an apology today, too. He did post an apology? Um, okay. He did. He did. It was pretty well written. I didn't read the whole thing. Just kind of skimmed through it. But it was pretty well written. And 
I don't think Schefter did anything on purpose. I don't. I don't think. Right. I mean, I don't know Schefter as a guy, but exactly. He seems pretty well liked among most, so I can't like. I can't throw bad intentions on somebody. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that, unless it's you know becomes a multiple time occurrence or or whatever situations like that. But I don't think his job is necessarily should be should be taken for it, but. But definitely an apology was needed. So I'm glad that was they figured that one out. Yeah, agreed. Well, before we we jump to the next little topic here, I do want to read Mike Tomlin's statement just because I think it's a good summary of uh Dwayne as a man and just you know what he kind of represented. So Mike Tomlin says, I am devastated and at a loss for words with the unfortunate passing of Dwayne Haskins. He quickly became part of our Steelers family upon his arrival in Pittsburgh and was one of our hardest workers both on the field and in the community. So he'd only been there for a couple months, and he's already just getting after it in the community, just doing doing great things. Dwayne was a great teammate, but even more so a tremendous friend to so many. I am truly heartbroken. So, yeah, it's just a tough situation for everyone that knew him, and just I guess I just want to say prayers up to his family and all of his loved ones as they go through this time. Agreed. Agreed, and and even even with his 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 struggles in, in Washington, he still was doing all that off the field stuff there too, and right. multiple teammates commented that as well. And when we think about it, that's what's important. We're we're taking our our millions of dollars we're making and at least using some of it to help people less fortunate than us. So that is something about a hundred billion times more important than his then. NFL playing career. His actual performance on the field. Agreed. Yep. Completely agreed. 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 RIP. Dwayne Haskins. RIP. All right. Next topic in the in the sports world here. Frank Vogel fired. Went 127 to 98 in three seasons. Obviously has that uh, championship. Obviously people put quotes around that from in 2019. Don't put, don't put, we don't put. I don't put quotes around that though. That was right. A but you know, historically. It come is. on, come on. No, no I'm one, just saying, no one there actually, is, you think so? No, Spinny, there's a lot of haters that don't call it a real championship. But my only point is that at the end of the day, it does has an it does have an asterisk. Just because no, it doesn't. The, yeah, it, no, does. it doesn't. It has an asterisk. No, it doesn't. How doesn't it, Spinny? The season was canceled and resumed months later. So there's an asterisk there because no, of there that isn't. situation. Yes, there is there is. an is asterisk? That... Is there an asterisk on the lockout season championships? Asterisk on yes. those? No, the there is not. Shorter. Yeah, Come there is. On. Just no. like there's an no. asterisk. If you go into the record books, there's an asterisk next to it. And there's also an asterisk next to the Bucks one last year because they didn't play a complete season either. I'm not saying I'm not saying I actually view it as non-legit championships. I'm just saying in the records, there's probably technically a, a legit asterisk there. But anyways, he got if, fired. If there is, that's really stupid. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> he went 33 and 49 this year, obviously. That's not even remotely close to what they should have gone this year. But obviously they dealt with uh, Russell Westbrook struggles. AD just made of glass, apparently. Just can't stay healthy. Uh, LeBron, obviously, he didn't even reach 60 games this year either. So he missed a, a good chunk of the season. So yeah, it was just, wow. Disaster after disaster for the Lakers this season. And I don't necessarily think Vogel is by any means the only 
uh, person to blame. But obviously, as the head coach, you're, you're the one who's going to face the most scrutiny and the one that's going to get fired if stuff, stuff like this happens. Yeah. What was it? 65 different lineups or something? Was it that crazy? In, insanely <laughs> stupid. Like, like you got to get your guys some rhythm. And, and DeAndre Jordan should not have been starting for – No. He had the seventh seventh most games started on the Lakers this year, DeAndre Jordan. Seventh most. Yeah, that's like, pretty What are we doing? Like, that's the stuff where it's like, Vogel, man, like, let's, let's get in some rhythm. Let's do the same thing. Let, let's run through it. But obviously there was disrespect from players too, to Vogel. Yeah, so like, that uh, report like, came out today too. And it's like that – I can't imagine that like in when – you're, when you're coaching grown men, right? If, if they're like disrespecting you and you are supposed to be the one essentially in charge of them, it's like at that point, leader. At that point you need to be fired anyway because it's just – it doesn't matter if you were a good coach or a bad coach. It's just your time is done. It's not working anymore. You, you know, the locker room's not with you where they need to be. Right. Lockdown doesn't trust you. So and I don't blame Vogel as much for that, that much for that, but there does there there it does take a certain type of coach to coach big personalities. There and then there's coaches that can coach smaller personalities and make them better players. And then there's the coach that can coach the big, really good players with big personalities and make them champions. And I think I think as a rule, Vogel Vogel is more of a small, big, make small time players better, not make big time players great. So, I think that is is ultimately what came to not be a fit. Also, even though they did win a championship, but it's not hard to get two top five players on your team. Right. Give take. I did see now they're looking for Nick Nurse as a possible replacement. I saw that he's like the the headline is Nick, option. Is Nick right Nurse now. want that? Is Nick Nurse going to want to go to the I Lakers? Don't know. I don't know. But at the same time, you know you know that the L.A. Lakers are like the premier destination. You know, you're in Los and, Angeles. It's a historic franchise. So, And if you can win with the Lakers, it means more. It does. It means a lot more. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he wants to go there, but just the historic aspect of it, I'm sure that that does help a little bit. And listen, if if they can trade Russ for like Malcolm Brogdon and whatever else contract, Buddy Healed, Buddy Healed, and like a couple guys like that from the Pacers who are going to be bad next year anyway, and they're just trying to save that money because Russ is an expiring contract. If if they can make that happen, and AD can not be brittler than. 10-day-old peanut brittle, then I think they have a chance to actually turn around and be good next season. If we can get three and D shooters and right. AD can be AD from three years ago and not whatever the heck we saw in the 40 games he played this year. Because holy cow. He didn't score th- he didn't score over 35, not once. Not one time. Yeah, this that's season. not that's not like, like what AD are, whatsoever. What are, what are we what are we doing? Like, like what happened? What's going on? Like his, that's the thing I don't understand with AD is injuries are one thing, but when he's played, he's played way worse than like three years ago. His mentality is different now. He's soft. 
He's just he's not the same. He really, really isn't. Do you think he can I hope, be the same? I think he absolutely can be the same. I don't see why not. I mean, he's what 28, 29 years old. That's the thing. He's young. in the middle. He's in the right. middle of he's his just prime, entering, and he's getting yeah, worse. Exactly. It's like, what are we doing? Right. I don't know. So I obviously, I, know. I obviously assume he can turn it around, but based on this year, it was it was not good showing by AD this year. And let's. Be what do you think here. about the? Go ahead. Right. Well, I was going to switch topics. So if you want to mention yeah, one more no, thing about that. No, that was Okay, good. well, I was just going to say that what what did you think about Frank Vogel not being told? He was told yesterday. Did you see that? He was yeah, told Woj yesterday post-game. Woj tweeted that he was fired during the Lakers game. And yeah. one of the reporters asked him post-game interview, first question, uh, like what – what's the reason behind this you know basic questions like that and Vogel's exact words I wasn't told shit so I don't know that's pretty low on that just is another disaster move by the Lakers this year in my eyes for to not that's even been, that's been the to last let that news years of the Lakers though that's right classic that's what I'm saying this is just, this is like, just it's been piling on year after year for the like, Lakers stuff like that I'm gonna steal this steal this uh, analogy that I heard today from uh, from Nick Bright on First Things First. Kind of a kind of a good one that I think relates a lot. If you take out the Lakers championship from last year, the last 11 years they've won 40% of their games, 40%. Like that's crazy bad. They and and they've had six coaches in those 11 years. It just reminds me a lot of like the Raiders from when we were kids. That's the analogy he made that that I'm stealing that uh, that I thought fit. It was like the Raiders were always a team like drafting the fastest receiver, like pick eight, even if the receiver was crappy, like Darius right. Hayward Bay, and like we're just trying to make splashes, but but our actual management is like awful, and we're just hiring guys and John Gruden scandal and every like just craziness going on. Like our whole lives, basically, especially when we were younger. And it's just like that's what the Lakers have been, other than 2020 when LeBron and AD just went dummy and, and got it done for them. But this Lakers management is, is awful. And I think that's mostly who's to blame for this crappy year is Rob Palenka. Rob Palenka and right. Anthony Davis. Those why are does he still guys. have a job? Yeah, what? I don't get why Plinka still has a job. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, Plinka should be gone, too. I mean, I get and, you got the AD deal done, but was the AD deal a good deal? They probably could have got AD for Kuzma instead of Ingram, because especially given maybe, at yeah. that time that it was at. It's like, can you imagine if they still had BI, too? Sheesh. Yeah. Or even Lonzo. Kuzma was the worst of those three they could have kept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He definitely that's, was. So that's tough, but but yeah, I I think I don't think Rock Lakers should have a job either. But I do think the Russ, because of his expiring contract, could be moved, and they could do a quick turnaround if they can get some shooters and stuff for him. So so it could be done, right. but definitely sketchy. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's shift to the next topic. More news across the sports world. Obviously, the Masters was this past weekend, biggest weekend of the year in golf. Spinny, I got to roast you for a second here. You didn't realize how important the Masters was to golf fans. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a golf guy. It's like 
But all I do during golf is, is sleep, if I'm being honest. So no, that's the only time <laughs> golf was on. But uh, yeah, that's that's a bad take. It's a bad take by me. Uh, I just kind of realized that. Um, Bus was at my house this weekend, and we had our three TV set up, all Masters. So, so I, I I'm trying to make up for my bad Masters takes. But yeah, I've I've really never even watched it honestly until recently. So yeah, there it is. Well, if you didn't tune in, Scotty Scheffler, he he ended up winning the Masters pretty easily. Just he just dominated the whole event. Finished ten under for his first major ever. Uh, I did see a stat that he has four PGA Tour wins this year already, which is one of four golfers ever to have four wins by April. So I did I did three three. His last five events are from Dubs too. So yeah, so he is on a crazy roll right now. Yeah, he his play backed up his number one ranking. Came into the Masters with number one ranking in the world, given uh, his three PGA wins so far this year. And yeah, he backed that up. He. Cruz, second place was Rory McIlroy, seven under. So he won by three strokes, which is which in a, a major, let alone the Masters, is absolutely ridiculous. So shout out Scotty Scheffler for getting that done. Shane Lowry and Cameron Smith, they tied for third at five under. So he was five strokes ahead of third even. So just an absolutely dominant showing by Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I did also want to mention Tiger plus 13. <laughs> He did not. He started off hot. His first round was uh, pretty good. He finished one under. And then his last two rounds, he was six over for both of those rounds and finished 13 over, which obviously is terrible. But he did make the cut. Still got some money. You know, that's obviously ultimately the, the golfer's goal is to at least make the cut because then they get money. Facts. And our picks, I don't know if you guys saw our tweet. I picked Tom Morikawa, uh, last year's winner. So I just I just ran with him again. He finished four, fifth at four under. So, um, you know, I was pretty close there. But Spinny's pick, Jordan Spieth. Yeah, I was super close. How did that super go? Close. <laughs> Stuff when your guy doesn't even make the cut. Sheesh. Yeah, Jordan. But Spieth that shows my my golf knowledge so, shows. So there we are. Right, and honestly, if you got if any of you guys are like really into golf and and know a lot more like technical terms and, and talk like that. Uh, we would love to have a golf guest on at some point. Cause Spina and I, we're not big golfers or anything like that. I more or less just watch just for fun. And I, I follow uh, the majors uh, pretty closely, but you know, I don't really golf that much myself. And yeah, so I don't really know all the technical terms and, and things like that. So if you guys, if any of you guys are really big golf fans, want to hop on the pod and talk some golf with us this summer, uh, just hit us up for sure. If you have any other comments about the Masters, otherwise we will jump into the play-in. Tiger's first round was cool to watch. Yeah. As much as I say I don't like golf, I did watch Tiger, but everybody watched Tiger, so you know. Um, but his first round Everyone was cool to see. Tiger. <laughs> yeah, it it was cool to see. He did. He kind of looked vintage Tiger there for a day. So. so yeah, was cool. it was awesome. But, I thought maybe I thought I was hold, I was holding on to hope that he would uh, get it done, but. He struggled. Oh well. Struggles. All right. Okay. Topic number tournament. two. Wow, we're gonna make some predictions here. Just on, we're only gonna talk about playing tournament today, just because it would be totally unfair to make actual playoff predictions without even knowing who the seven and eight seed are. So, 
we're just going to talk playing today. As you can see on the left and right side of the tournament, you can see the 9, 10, and 7, 8 matchups there. For those that don't know, the winner of the 7, 8 game is automatically the 7. The loser plays the winner of the 9, 10 game. And then the winner of that game is the 8 seed. So the 9 and 10 seeds, they have to win two games to make it to the playoffs. The 7 and 8 seed, they only need to make one, which obviously is that's how that should work. Um, so let's just start with the Western Conference, huh? Spinning 9-10 game. Let's start with that one. Yeah. Pelican Spur Spurs. For me, this is a this is a pretty mid-game. Both teams are not good. I don't anticipate either of these teams actually making the playoffs. But I'm going to go with the Spurs in this game just strictly based off of Greg Popovich. Uh, obviously, tons of experience, champions. You know, he is – he knows how to win in the playoffs. So I think he's going to have his guys ready to go and they're going to take care of business to the Pelicans. Is Zion going to be back? No, Zion's not playing. Could be. Could play. Rumors. Rumors. Um, Is there an actual though, rumor that he could play? Nah, I mean, no. I mean. There's no way he does. Rumor is a strong term, but there's been low-key talk. But I don't think okay. it's going to happen. Either way, I'm picking the Pelicans, though. Taking talent. Talent. Pelicans have more McCollum, B.I. I like it. Yeah, okay, that's pretty fair. much all I got to say there. I agree. Do you I, think the I, Pelicans I, have a chance to make the playoffs, or are you, are you kind of in the same boat as me as both these teams are just too mid, honestly, to make it? I think the I think the Clips and the and the Wolves are making it for sure. Both those teams are making it. Well, let's just jump into that. I definitely, obviously, am going to have a homer pick here and just going to go with the, the Wolves. I do think we are better than the – Clippers, not with Kawhi. If Kawhi was fully healthy and playing, I would be very scared of this game and definitely play the Clippers. But I just think we're good. We got a solid team. We got a solid bench. I think we're going to take care of business against the Clippers, at least I hope. Hopefully we don't pull a classic Minnesota and just lose and not even make the playoffs. But I'm going to go with uh, the Wolves. We're going to get the seventh seed and face off against the Grizzlies in the first round, which is what I really want because I think we can win that that matchup. And then for that uh, that eight-seed game there, I'm going to take the Clippers over the Spurs for sure. As we just said, I don't think either of those teams can beat the Clippers. They got Paul George back at least. So I think Paul George, he's the best player out of these four teams. So he will at least be able to get them one win. I, it would be hard to see the Clippers not make the playoffs in my eyes. But obviously things can happen. It's just one game series. So, All right. 7-8 game. Here's the thing. If the Wolves don't win, our season's essentially over anyway because we ain't beating Phoenix. I'm sorry. I wish. Right. I wish, but it's not Weird. happening. Phoenix is way too good. So, Weird. But sadly, I think the Clippers are going to beat us. They have they have a good amount of playoff experience. All the young guys have been in the playoffs. And Paul George is the best Paul George is the best playoff player. He's done the most in the playoffs. He has the most playoff experience. Paul George is a dog. And I oh, just yeah. think I just think he's gonna have everybody ramped up and they're gonna he's gonna take over, score like 38. And uh I think the clips got it. Uh, as sad as that makes me, because that means we'll get Wolves Pelicans. I think the Wolves have too much talent. Cattle, cattle overtake that game and and, and they'll be Cat able should to be able to eat that game, yeah. That's why I'm feeling Phoenix, nice about the you know? Right. If we lose, I agree. I'm in, I'm in total agreement with you there, Spinny. If we lose this uh, game to the Clippers, we're done for. Uh, yeah. We can we can beat the 
Pelican Spurs, but even losing to them, that might just save me the embarrassment of getting just absolutely clapped by the Suns in the first round because we just can't. We can't keep up with them. They're, I, I, I like us in almost every other matchup in the West uh, to Literally. have at least a chance, to at least have Literally. a chance. But the Suns, I can't. I don't even picture us having even a remote chance of beating them in a seven-game series. No we way we can beat game. them four. Yeah, no chance we beat them four times out of seven games. There's just no way. But I do like our chances of at least getting in the playoffs because even if we lose the Clippers, there's no one on the Pelicans and Spurs that can guard Cat. So as long as Cat's got that attitude and you know that aggressiveness that he has shown all year, I don't think we'll have any issue there. What Valanciunas can't guard Cat? Big, big. I don't think so. Maybe down, maybe down low. But once Cat, you know, steps out to the perimeter, Valley's, you know, a little screwed there. Great. So let's go Wolves against the Clippers. Come on. Oh yeah, for those that want to tune into these games, the seven eight games, uh, both West and East, they are tomorrow. Tomorrow night, six p.m. The Nets and Cavs play. 8.30 8.30 p.m. Wolves Clippers play on TNT. Wednesday are the 9.10 games. Same time. Those are on ESPN, though. And then the 8 seed games are on Friday. And then playoffs start Saturday. So that's the schedule. That's how that looks like. Let's just jump to the Eastern Conference now, huh? Thoughts here. This one. This is tough. This really – I really hated the, how this how this ended up. Um, it's tough. Boston, Boston could have been the three or the four, and I love them against Toronto or Chicago. I don't care which one of those matchups. I think they're getting the dub. And now it's going to be most likely against Brooklyn, and Brooklyn's going to beat them in a playoff series because they have Kevin Durant. Ah, it's tough. This is the only first-round matchup for Boston I didn't want. Um, so that's where I'm going to start with my picks. I'm going to start 7-8 on this side. I think Brooklyn is going to beat Cleveland, and uh, that will be the seventh seed. But – I will be rocking. You're just Cleveland banking fanship. on the. You're just ba- banking on the KD Kyrie takeover there. I'm guessing. No Jared Allen too. That's a big one. For, oh yeah, he is for uh, he's sure. Already rolled yeah, out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just KD and Kyrie are the best two players in that series by a lot. Yeah, so, for sure. Most it's, playoff experienced. I yeah. would be extremely shocked if the Cavs are able to pull that upset off. Gosh, I hope so, though. Come on, let's go Cavs. For Cavs, your sake, baby. you 100% want that. Celtics, Celtics should have no issue with the Cavs, but the Nets, no. Nets are going to be a little tougher series. That, that series is going seven, though. I it should, you. yeah. That you series is going seven. Because, because they, got and, a, they yeah. at least have Tatum on uh, KD, and then they got Smart on Kyrie. So yeah. they got good and, matchups there. And uh, they – they play the. They've played this season two or two. I think two times, maybe three. But I, the last game is when Tatum scored like over 50, 55, I think. Well, and that series, every game is going to be like one hundred and twenty to one hundred twenty. Oh yeah, <laughs> Celtics defense though. That's the, that's why I think Celtics, they can pull it off. Is the Celtics right. have had the number one defense this season during the season? But obviously, the reason they didn't want to face Brooklyn so early is I don't know if Rob Williams will be back by the start of that series and. Without Rob Williams defensively, Boston's a different team. I mean, still good, but not not nearly as good. So, so hopefully Rob will be back, and uh, let's go Cleveland. How about the nine ten game, Bus? Where are you at there? This or one. You, get, you you pick Brooklyn, right? Sorry, 
I don't know if I even no, I did. I agree with that. you. That's why I just asked if okay. you're just going with that Katie Kyrie too much. Like, yeah. Because just in my eyes, I can't can't picture them losing when they got you know a no brainer top three player in the world right now in KD, and then Kyrie, who's just a freaking bucket and a playoff experience guard. So yeah, I can't I can't picture. Cavs are close. I think Cavs are another year or two away. They got obviously Garland and still have Saxon under contract, even though I. I do think they're probably going to move on from him just given that they have Garland and they also have Allen and stuff too. So I think the Cavs are another year or two away, but I, I could picture them in a year or two from now being like a, at least a top four seed. Can't you? Yeah. If those guys, if those guys continue to progress, especially, especially if they can trade Sexton for a pick or yeah. a guy, a guy yeah. that can become like a number one guy. Because I do think Garland's a number two on a championship team by by his prime. He he is an assist machine. He is like you don't you maybe have five five I'd say maybe yeah five to seven guys in the NBA that could average ten assists per game for a season for their career, and I think that Garland's one of those guys that could get to that point. So to have that level okay. of facil- facilitator and being low turnover. As shown, as shown yeah, by, by as is being shown by Chris Paul, that is always conducive to winning. And so I think if they can make a move with Sexton and maybe one of their other guys to get into a real score, like a number one score on a team, and then you go like Garland, maybe like a, just completely randomly throwing this name out there, but throw maybe like a, a Bradley Beal, trade them a, yeah. a Sexton and a pick combo for Bradley Beal or something, you know. Yeah, player so, Bradley Beal's caliber, pretty much. Is what I, I'd like. rather I'd rather be younger, obviously, but that's the player right. type you want because you go Hamp Garland with a pure scoring wing or shooting guard, and then Mobley, right. Mobley and Mobley and Allen down low. Just yes, Mobley is Mobley has top 15, 20 player potential too. Uh huh. So especially given his game changing defense as a rookie, but yeah, I think I think. I think Cleveland could be could be something dangerous in a few years. Agree. All right, nine ten. I'm going with the Hawks, uh, based off of one person's name only, and you obviously know who I'm going to say. Trey Young. I just think he carried them to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I just think he's going to be able. He's clutch. Obviously, he's going to show out in this game. I don't. I can't picture him struggling. If he does struggle, they're going to lose. But I just think he's going to carry them uh, to a win here. I think I'm anticipating 35 plus points by Trey Young in this game. The, the Hornets have no one that can guard them, and and the Hornets are not good defensively either as a as a collective whole. So I'm going to go with the Hawks here. And and to be honest, I'm going with the Hawks over Cleveland. So I I got Hawks going sneaking in as that eight seed there, where they will lose to the Miami Heat is my prediction. But I'm going with the Hawks. Um, okay, so this is going to be a point guard dependent day, game. I think the Hawks are going to win as well because Trey Young is an absolute beast. He will be second or third team All NBA this year. Um, yep. But Lamelo Ball is an X factor in this game too because if he's playing, if he's having one of his crazy 35, 15, and ten games, then then. Charlotte can be something something dangerous. But 
But we'll see. I, I, I think that that's going to be the big matchup, though, is LaMelo and Trey Young. Um, but I'm going to go with Atlanta, too. And I have Atlanta over Cleveland also sneaking in as the eight seed. I've just given – maybe last year was not a little bit of an outlier, but I'm still giving Trey Young the benefit of the doubt based on last year and that and how hot they've been because they were awful to start the year, too. And yep. so they've also dealt with a ton of injuries – throughout the year but uh, it was similar similar this year to last year they both both seasons they started terrible and then you know started to figure out and eventually got good enough to make playoffs so similar seasons in that regard there yep so i think the hawks are gonna sneak in and give me the eight seed against miami but again i can't stress enough let's go cleveland Oh, Spinny, I think you're going to be pretty depressed here on tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Very. <laughs> when you've got us. When you're already seeing your Celtics matched up against the the seven-seed Nets. <laughs> you're already just in disbelief that they somehow were a seven-seed this year. Obviously, it makes sense given everything they went through, but it's still yeah. funny to think about. It's awful. All right, Spinny. All, you know, all right, it is, there it is. It's time for me to get an actual win today. No, you're losing. I'm winning trivia. Nope, nope, nope. I think I have to ask you first. If I remember right, you asked. Obviously, we had four. We had a guest, Connor Forbrook, on last week, but I'll just ask you first. I'll start Sorry, it off. Your your bummy trivia can go first. <laughs> My questions are all play NBA playoff based, so. NBA playoff questions. Here we go. Easy question. Most points in NBA playoff history. Who has the most points? Hmm. Yeah. Ooh. I I think it's I think it's 63, and I think it's Michael Jordan. Mm. Let me rephrase. Ever. Like career. Not just single game. Oh, total? Career, yes. Oh, that's LeBron. Yeah, that's yep. LeBron. Yep. It is LeBron. Correct. Yep. All right. Remember, this is the easy question. What team did Kobe Bryant play in his NBA debut? First game of his career against who? I'm supposed to know this? It's an easy question. It's an easy question. You think I know what happened in... 1999. <laughs> Come on. Just think about it. That's the easy question. Who did he play? Against. What team did he play against? What is? Why would I be asking you this question? And putting it as the easy question. The Timberwolves? Ding! <laughs> I was going to say, if, it, <laughs> if it's not the Timberwolves when you're saying it's an easy question, then... You screwed me over there. <laughs> All right, one to one. All right, so hmm. My medium and hard are pretty much even. I'm trying to think which one I should ask here. Mine kind of are too, honestly. So So I'm gonna go I'm, I'll go with this one. First NBA champion. What team was the first NBA champ? Nineteen forty seven is the year. That that is a hint I will give you. Minneapolis Lakers. That's what we're going with. Incorrect. 
Philadelphia Warriors won the first NBA championship in mm. 1947. The Lakers won two years after that. That's ah. when the Lakers started winning. Yep. That was a good guess. That's obviously that's who I would have guessed too. So all right. Which Dirk Nowitzki was drafted and immediately traded to the Mavericks after he was drafted. What team drafted him? Oh my gosh, I used to know this. Can you give me a conference? Or is that gonna give it away? No, East. East. So an Eastern team to a Western team. Who would make a terrible move like that and trade probably the best <laughs> European player of all time? This um, team has a great European player on its team right now. Hmm. There's some options. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go Milwaukee Bucks. Final answer. That's correct. Let's go. Let's go. Were you going to guess that before I said that? I was, but. That okay. like almost solidified okay. my choice. So I'm gonna win now. I hope you know. You Unless have to I get, get the question right, yep. otherwise I win. I don't think okay. I've gotten a hard question right yet either. So nice. I don't think I have either, honestly. <laughs> so here we go. Which player has the worst playoff win percentage in NBA history? Minimum of fifty games. So they've had to at least, you know, make playoffs in a couple times. And my other hint, it is a current player. It is a current player, so you don't got to try to think of 90s or 80s guys. Does he play for the Lakers? No, he does not. Oh, that takes out like two of my guesses. Mm. 10 seconds. Ask the question again. What Western Conference player, I'll give you that hint as well. He plays in the West right now. Worst playoff win percentage in NBA history, minimum of 50 games. Which player? He's a current player that is in the West. I really don't think you're going to get this. I would not have guessed this player if you asked me this. Damian Lillard? Final answer? Yeah. Wow. You were close. Dang it. Is it CJ McCollum? CJ McCollum. Ah! Yep. CJ McCollum has the worst playoff win percentage in NBA ah! history. At a minimum of 50 games, obviously, if you increase that. Because he only played like 56, I think, I saw. So, uh, if you increase that, again, but yeah. <laughs> you were close. Wow. Dang it. Right, that's well, a Kears, a dub a, for me. That's for me. So, I'm going to just rack up crap, the points here. You're not getting this. Oh, yeah, I am. Who won the 96 and 1996 and 1998 AL MVPs? This play, the obviously he did. Obviously he didn't win the '97 one because that's go to year, and Ken Griffey won that year. So '96, '98, not Ken Griffey. '96 and '98 AL yep. MVP. 
96. Why is it like every time I play trivia, I just go mind blank on like anybody that's older than the 2000? <laughs> I don't know. I literally can never think of any old players every time we do this. I'll even give you the team. You played for the Angels. Played for the Angels. I feel like I'm going to be really upset when you tell me this answer. I, I don't have an answer. You can just tell me. Juan Gonzalez. Juan Gonzalez. Yep. You got a stat line up for that, man? <laughs> yeah, I don't, sure. know. I don't know if I've ever even heard of this man. And you're telling what? me he won two MEPs in three years? He had 434 home runs career, batting average of 295. Wow. Played 16 years in the league. Wow, that is – I'm sorry, MLB fans out there, including my father. That is just that's depressing. That Four, I've never even four, heard, fourteen hundred fourteen hundred career RBIs, nineteen thirty six career hits. What's his name? Juan Gonzalez. Juan Gonzalez. Yep. Hmm. News to me. Yep. I need to brush up on my my nineties baseball. I guess. Yep. Sheesh. All right, that's a four to one win. A and, one, man, uh, good math. You. No, I gave myself an extra point just because you're ugly and I just Nice. It. Sweet. <laughs> nope, you're right. Three to one win. All right. That's enough of trivia. We're jumping in to UFC. UFC 273 this past weekend. Um, Let's start with the non-title fight because in my eyes, this was the best fight of the night. Uh, welterweight bout between Kamzat Shemaev. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that right. Versus Gilbert Burns. This was an absolutely insane fight. Spinny, to me, this was probably the best non-title fight I've ever seen. Just the way that these guys were just absolutely throwing haymakers all fight. They were getting after it. Both guys, by the end of the fight, were split open. Especially Burns. His face was widely split open uh, already in the second round and yeah that's just i i don't really know what else to say besides that that was probably the best non-title fight i've ever seen and it was definitely better than both of the title fights on saturday yeah that was crazy um kamza Chabaya was i knew i knew that was going to be a crazy fight because even though he's a low rank kind of out of nowhere this is really his first big fight this man's a stud so yep. uh I was surprised they scored a 29-28 Shemaya all three rounds. Um, I thought Burns won the second round for sure. I thought Burns, Burns got passed. a round too. So. Yeah. So I thought that was a little surprising. But either way, I thought it was Shemaya 29-28, 28-29, 29-28. That's how I scored, yeah. I guess. It's is two, two to Shemaya, one to Burns all by one. But that fight was nuts the whole time. Just crazy. Yeah. Just balling. It was. And Shemaya proved he's the real deal. So got to give it to him. Honestly. Uh, like you said, low rank. He was 11th coming in, and Burns was second. So he got a he got, he made a big jump there just based off his first what 11, I think, right? Because he's 12 and 0 now. I want to say uh, his first 11 fights. Uh, one of our buddies, Brett, he told me that he did not in those 11 fights. He didn't get hit with one significant strike, not one. It's crazy. All 11 of his fights ended within the first two minutes. 
This was yeah. the only fight that lasted longer than two minutes. But Burns is obviously twice as good as any fight. Burns is obviously insane, yeah. But Shamayev, like you said, he's he's looking like the real deal. So I'm looking forward to continuing to watch him climb that ladder and maybe potentially be a welterweight champion at some point. He's gonna be a stud. Yeah. The other the other small note about this fight, I thought it was hilarious the taunting between the two guys, most especially Shamayev. He was really taunting all all fight. And this was the first time I've ever actually watched him. I don't think I've ever seen any of his other fights. So it was funny for me to see that that's how he, I mean, that's how he is as far as everything I've read up on him and everything that, you know, he was, he had birds on the ground and he did it like a little salsa dance for a second there. And that was just absolutely hilarious to me. I started geeking out. But then you did then, see him and Burns after really like embrace each other and like were super oh yeah. like. Mad respect there for sure. Mm-hmm. They, is, both, they both knew that that was a brawl. Like, they right. both knew how much of a freaking fight that was. Yep, and that'll probably – the fight will probably go into UFC Hall of Fame, to be honest with you. So, I would expect that. Our first title fight, co-main event of UFC 273, Aljamain Sterling, Aljo Sterling versus Peter Yan in the bantamweight title. For those that don't know, last year these guys fought for the title and Yan got DQ'd for an illegal knee to Sterling. So that was literally the first uh, championship in UFC history to be awarded via DQ. So stupid. basically for stupid, agreed. But basically for this last year, uh, anywhere Sterling went, he got hate, social media, everywhere. People were hating on him. He heard booze for the entire year because no one, you know, really thought that he was the legit champion since he uh, was awarded it via DQ, which again is pretty BS. But he took care of business this time. He his back control was insane, especially for the second and third round. He had he was on his back for the entire round, and so that fight was not a lot of you know there wasn't a lot of punches thrown, but the the ground control by Sterling was was next level to me, and he he proved that he is the champ. He, he finally did. silenced the crowd, but I don't think the crowd will be silenced. To be honest, I think he's still probably going to hear some boos. Going forward, it's because but... it's because people hate those type of fights, and I hate those type of fights. Right. But so do I. Yeah. Because they're they're boring, at least to an extent. Um, especially if you don't know, if you aren't detailed into the moves and, and the types of um, fighting styles they're using, and, and I don't know, like a nerd about that, like I am about other sports. If you're not in, in on in on that level, this type of fight for the casual fan is pretty boring. It's and really so I, boring. Yeah. I think he'll he'll get some hate because he didn't like pound. He didn't like pound Jan, you know, type 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 of thing. But but he yeah. definitely won based off of how he fought and proved he's a champion. Also, UFC the championship should not be able to be awarded by DQ. The championship should become vacant given a DQ. Vacant. There should be yes. another fight for it. Because championships should not be awarded through DQ. That's the yes. So, yep, there it is. No, I, I completely agree. And Sterling, even though he was, you know, technically champ coming into this fight, he was a hardcore betting underdog. Yeah. I didn't actually was. see the line, but he was hard. It was it was all Jan for sure. So he, he took care of business. I saw a tweet, which kind of summed up the fight pretty perfectly in my eyes. Uh, the, this person said, that Sterling fought with brains while Jan fought with anger. So that's kind of what I, I thought 
that summed it Which, up pretty well. Jan was charging at him a lot, and and he took advantage of that and always got him to the ground. So, which is funny because Jan never does that. He no. never fights like that ever. That's like the opposite of his fighting style. Which right. is what some of the commentators said going in that they were worried about with Jan is that he was so pissed that he wasn't going to fight like himself and it was going to be tough. And that's, and that's exactly what happened. happened. So, yeah. shout out to Sterling and. Big, big, uh, big offer Jan, but he'll be back. Peter Jan's amazing. He'll be back. So, yeah, he'll be back. The other title fight, the other co main event, Alexander Volk and Ofsky versus the Korean Zombie. This was just, uh, this wasn't close. This fight was not close whatsoever. Is there anyone that can beat Volk? He is just absolutely dominated. For those that don't know, this is the featherweight division. He's just absolutely dominating anyone that comes in his pack. Like, if you if you guys didn't watch this fight, I uh, recommend going to watch at least highlights of it because it seriously was not close. Volk just absolutely pummeled him the entire fight. Yeah, he won. I, he won uh, by TKO in the fourth round. Yep. So <laughs> Korean Zombie had no business even starting that fourth round. A funny note is that uh, did you notice that when the fourth round started, did you notice what Volk said to him? No. He literally, he like, you know, they did their like high five to start the round or whatever. And then yeah. before they, then before they like started getting after it, Volk looked at him. He's like, are you sure you want to go? He literally said that. He's like, are you sure? And then and Creed Zombie's like, yep. And he's like, all right, I guess. And then 30 seconds later, he got the TKO. Talked to a knockout, so. Yeah, I mean, honestly... The only person that I really thought could beat Volk was was Max Holloway, and obviously right. that can't obviously that didn't happen. So two and zero for Volk against him. So I don't know. There's gonna have to be somebody new because you look you look through those top like you know eight ten guys in the uh, and there's no one in the uh, featherweight division, and there's literally no one. There's literally how because Holloway's two. So Holloway's two and Catter Green yeah. Zombie Chizek. Allen, Rodriguez, like all these guys. I don't think way. I don't think there's a single guy on that list that stands a chance against Volk. The way don't. he has been fighting as of late, just unreal. And he's he's got every tool of a fighter too. He does. You know, he he'll get it done in any way. It's not obviously in this fight he you know he just beat the crap out of him essentially, but he can do it on the ground, submission wise, any any way, you know. So he's a he's a a five-tool fighter, as they would as they would call it. Correct. I All guess right. before we jump jump to our next topic here, brief prediction. Let's see what you got. UFC 274, Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje. Who do you got? Well, if you pronounce his name right, then then maybe I could uh, give you my prediction. But How did I say it wrong? It's Oliveira. Oliveira. Yeah, it's Oliveira. I swear, I swear I've heard people say, oh, yeah, whatever. Anyways, Charles Oliveira is going to beat Justin Gaethje. Charles Oliveira is probably my favorite UFC fighter, so I'm a little biased. Favorite or second favorite? Izzy's up there too. But okay. But uh, his ground, it'll, it'll be interesting to see Oliveira's submission strategies against Gaethje's wrestling ability. So right. that'll be tough to see if uh, to see who goes there. This is ending. This is mostly most likely ending in a decision, um, or a, or a submission. 
because neither of these guys get knocked out by each other. What's Gaethje, your pick? Doesn't, Gaethje doesn't get knocked out. Um, I'm going fourth round submission. I'm going split decision. Split decision. Split decision. Olivera, though, yeah. we're in agreement there, at least. Yeah, so look out for that. That's in second weekend of March, or May, I mean. So that's yeah. coming up a couple weeks. That's about to be a fight. boss fight. Justin Gaethje yeah. is a stud, though, still. Huge Bobby. fight. So. Huge fight. Well, we are going to jump into now our fan topic of the week. Actually, we threw a poll on Twitter, and the NBA way too early mock draft was the winner. Uh, don't worry for those that voted for other topics, especially like the top five batters topic. Yeah. I'm sure that one will for sure pop up soon here, given that we're coming into the MLB only part of the sports year here. So we'll have some dog days this summer for all of that stuff. <laughs> right. Exactly. So yeah, just be on the lookout for that. We'll throw all those other topics in episodes later. Obviously, like even the dynasty football, I think that one was second. That is obviously a topic that'll be on our episodes coming like August or, you know, football season. So uh, here is, though, the lottery odds. As you can see, you got the records there. They're percent to make a top four pick. And then the percent they have for the number one pick. I'm glad that this is like the new percentage. I think, what, two years ago now is when they switched it. Because uh, yeah. before it was it was not the top three had equal odds again the first pick. So I do like that. I do like that a lot. So this is just... This is, uh, as you can see, there's also two trades. So the Pelicans obviously had that Lakers pick from the AD trade, and then the Blazers have the Pelicans pick there from the CJ McCollum trade. And and all these teams that have uh, the asterisks next to them, so like the Spurs, uh, Pelicans, Hawks, Hornets, obviously those teams are in the play-in, so they might not be in the lottery. So if any of those four teams were to actually make the actual playoffs, first round of playoffs, they would slide out of the lottery. And whoever they beat would slide in. But this is uh this is what we got for the lottery. We also I went on a site called what is it called? Tankathon.com. That's like a pretty common site, I guess, for the lottery, which I never heard of it until this week. I went on there and they did they have a sim lottery feature. So that's how we came up with this order. And as you can see, based on our sim lottery, we had the Oklahoma City Thunder, who had a 12.5% chance of winning the first pick. They got the first pick, which is, you know, definitely uh, feasible. So we both are in agreement here. Chad Holmgren. Uh, Spinny, why did you pick Chad? Because obviously the number one, one through three, obviously can go anyway here. It's just going to come down to team need because I think it's pretty obvious that uh, Jabari Smith, Chet, and uh, Paulo are the top three. I think the Pistons here are taking Jabari. I think the Rockets might be taking Jabari. I just think the Thunder, given culture, reputation, everything they got going there, want the upside of Chet because they've got 74 billion picks in the next right, exactly. next years to get to get stars. Um, I think just the upside, upside ability of Chet is why I think the Thunder will pick him given their future outlook. But Chet would not have been my number one pick necessarily, depending on who has it. Right. So as I said a little bit ago, this is obviously a way too early mock draft. So, I mean, we literally had to create a random order here. So we'll obviously give you a more concrete mock draft following the actual NBA lottery at the end of May. 
so we can give you a better uh, take here. But I picked Chet for the exact same reasons you said. I just think they're going to go with that potential. So if the Thunder land with the number one pick, I think they'll go with Chet. Uh, for those that don't know, he averaged 14-10, 3.7 blocks. Insane. And he also shot 39% from three, and he's seven feet tall. So tons of potential there. Obviously, he needs to add weight. That's his main main issue at this point. So it's going to be a toss-up. It's definitely These picks are definitely going to come down to uh, team need and which what is the actual order for sure. Next, we have the Magic. They obviously need uh, some forwards. They after drafting guards these last couple drafts, here we switched up. You win uh, Paulo, which is interesting to me, given that you had just recently said that you think uh, Jabari would be the number one pick for like the the Pistons and and teams like that. So I'm I went with Jabari just because as of right now, he I think is a little more NBA ready to just immediately come in and produce. He's can shoot from literally anywhere and can also create his own shot. And he shot 42% from three last year for a 6'10 guy. That's absolutely insane. So, obviously, again, straight toss-ups, these first three picks. But I'm giving the slight edge to Jabari Smith. I want Paula because I think the Magic like his personality better than Jabari. No, it okay. sounds crazy. I'm picking guys on personality, but – but I no, think that's... what what Paulo showed in the tournament, his star, his star vibe kind of thing. Jabari's pretty Swagger. low. Jab, yeah, Jabari's pretty low key. Like you, even in some of those Auburn that's games, why, he got yeah. a little, he got a little lost sitting on the three point line and kind of just every time he touched the ball, he'd be amazing. I'm not saying that, but he kind of had the like reminded me of Tatum at Duke sometimes, where he just get like caught, just like standing on the side just standing in the three-point line and just kind of like whatever. But then those games, you take o- those games you take over, you're like, holy crap, what's going on? But I, I think the Magic, like, given all their heavy guards, but they, they don't have like a star potential leader either. And I think maybe they see that in Paulo a little more than Jabari. And so that's why I went Paulo here on this one. And I, and I think, but again, like, for the Pistons, Jabari fits that like Detroit vibe. That like tough guy, kind of quiet, just does his job, bangs, and is a stud. I think Jabari can put up 25 a game in the league, but but uh it's not like I'm a hater on him. I just think given teams and what they're looking for, that's why I, I want Paul here a little bit over Jabari. All right, interesting thoughts. So might as well jump into three because I know we just flipped them here. Uh, yep. Paulo. So another reason why I went Jabari over Paulo is because Jabari is a better better defender at least right now. So True. I think that that might drop Paulo a little bit. And also Paulo is not as good of a three point shooter. So that's why I just gave the slight edge to Jabari. Obviously though, these top three guys in any other year could all be number one picks. And even this year, any of these guys could still go number one. Paulo could be number one pick. You know. True. So. You know, 6'10", 250. We're like, way too early again, as like we say. So this will all six, change, obviously, way up to the draft. If you're 6'10", 250, that, that sounds like maybe the most NBA-ready body to come into this in this draft class, for sure. I said Jabari Smith was more NBA-ready skill-wise, but Paulo, I think, is the most NBA-ready body-wise in this class. He's He's got the body. He's already huge. Do, he's already strong. Do you have Jabari's weight? Up there, I don't know. Jabari's he... weight was yeah, I do have it written down. He's two hundred and ten pounds. 
Okay, yeah. And you can just tell that. Got 40 pounds on him. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, both guys obviously can create by themselves. Uh, Paul is elite in the mid-range and in the post. So, it'll be interesting to see how these guys – uh, their games translate to the NBA, but I, I'm anticipating no issue whatsoever for these top three players. Agreed. Jump to, should we jump to four? Let's jump to four. I think we're agreement here too. Pacers. I think, I think this is the fourth best player, Jaden Ivey. I think yep. he's... Agree. I think no matter who has pick four, they're taking one of those top four guys that's left. They have to. Just, you would assume, just, right? Like, it's just a noticeable talent difference, I think, between those four and the next next few. So I think that when it comes down to this pick, whoever's left of those guys is going to get taken just based on pure talent ability. I would say – here, And I would say the difference between uh, the top four and everyone else – uh, the most noticeable difference would be the potential, not even not even the talent. There's, you know, guys like Keegan Murray can already just get buckets, but the potential of these top four is just it's next level. It's way above everyone else for sure. Agreed. So Agreed. I'm in agree with agreement with you uh, in your statement saying that whoever has the fourth pick is just going to take whichever the four is still available. So we both still had Jay Ivey available, which is why we picked Jay Ivey, and I think. If this is how it went out and Pacers were the fourth pick, they got Ivy, they would be really ecstatic to throw him next to Tyrese Halliburton going forward. Because Halliburton can play a little defense. He's more of a deferring. Another guy like we talked about with Garland that can average He's 10, your more 10 of a assists one. a game. Yeah. He's your true one. And even though Ivy's going to have to play one because of his size, Halliburton can guard the two pretty decent. So they can right. they can play those guys together. And Ivy's more of a downhill I hate to use this comparison because of how they look, and it's so easy. But it, it is true in how the, they play. Uh, John Morant, the John or Derek, Morant, yeah. or Derek Rose style of play. Yeah. Except Ivy's not as good of a facilitator. He's still decent, but he's not on those right. level of those guys. Which is why I think if you pair him with Halliburton, he could exactly. become more of a scorer, less of a facilitator, and it work in there. Yeah, fit. because then his first couple years in the NBA, he's not that guy that has to come in and not only score but also facilitate for everyone else. So that's going to take a load off his shoulder. And he he can let Tyrese do that, who has already been proven as an elite facilitator. So that would this would be an amazing fit for Jaden Ivey in my eyes. Agreed. Fifth pick. Here's where we got the Pistons. Uh, uh, also slight disagreement here. I think I'm pretty sure I had AJ going sixth. I, just, I went with Keegan Murray just because he is a bucket. He's 6'8". 225, just big-time score. He averaged 23.5 points last year, which is definitely top five in college. Mid-competition. And also nine rebounds and two blocks a game. Uh, Scoring that much and still shot 40% from three. So just elite bucket getter. Uh, Obviously questions on, you know, not the most athletic guy and not the best defender out there. But for the fifth pick wins – when all those other guys are off the board already, I think you're just going to go uh, best scorer, best uh, immediate impact guy. Okay, shout out freezing cold takes exposed right here. I don't think Keegan Murray is going to be good in the NBA, and I think that that's a that's honestly a fair. I feel like that's a fair take, but I think he has he has non athletic bust kind of feel to me, but. Um, 
So, yeah, so that's why I have him dropping a little bit on the list. I think NBA teams are going to see that, and I think he could drop a little bit. But he could also be good, like you said. He can get a bucket. So if he can, like, overcome his athletic ability flaws, then I think he could potentially potentially be good. But in the NBA, if you're not at a certain athletic level, then I don't know if you can, if you can uh, be a top five pick. But we'll see. We'll see who's right. Uh, AJ Griffin, I should probably talk about him. <laughs> um, I think the scoring ability and the shooting ability on the outside for the Pistons is good. You can put him next to Cade Cunningham and have a nice little lady backcourt duo there as far as passing, facilitating, scoring anywhere from Cade and then the off-dribble shooting and stuff that Griffin can do that really could uh, add the scoring that the Pistons need. Six pick, like I said, is where I got AJ going. Uh, just an elite shooter shot, what, 45% from three? Just insane numbers. And obviously very high Q, high IQ, and high motor guy. Great defender. So great prospect in my eyes. And I think his game will translate really well to the, the NBA. And this fits a, a position need for the Blazers. I can see him slotting in. You know, maybe they start Lillard, Simons, and Griffin. So I, I could see that. I think that'd be a realistic starting five or at least, you know, a one through three there. So this is where I had Griffin going. Yeah, I think that's good. I got I got Benedict going here. I think that the Blazers won athletic wings, and that's pretty much what you got here. It's what they've lacked a lot with their good teams is having any type of athletic wing ability. So I think they are trying to um, shoot for that here. Yep. Agree. Agree with that take. Pelicans uh, from the Lakers here, a couple of different needs, obviously point guard, and then more of your your big. Are they moving on from Zion this offseason? I think yes. You can see from know. my take, I think yes, too. Yeah, I think they're so going to get think... stuff from him, and then Keegan Murray is the scoring, 6'8 scoring guy that you can plug in there at power forward to be a uh, – uh, Yeah, you throw like a, a B.I. and him next to each other. Yep. The mm-hmm. three, four. Yep. But but we'll see. I think even if they don't trade Zion, they could draft Murray just as an off-the-bench scorer. I think just being able to put him in at the bench unit to get some buckets where is sometimes where the Pelicans lack. So I think that could be a good option, even with Zion still. Oh, my gosh. The sun is irritating me. Jalen Duran. Is it Duran? It is Duran. Okay. Signer for Memphis. Huge guy. Here I say uh, – Paula has the best body. This guy actually might have the best body. 6'11", 250, 7'5", wingspan. That's just, those are just insane uh, metrics there. And obviously, he's not a good shooter. You know, has a slight mid-range game. You know, he's he's like your old old school center. You know, back to the basket. You know, tough, tough nose, good rebounder, good defender type thing. So, I got the leg, uh, Pelicans going here. I don't know. Obviously, Bound uh, Tunis isn't like your answer by any means. And I think he is capable of playing both the four and the five. Obviously the, like I said, the questions revolve around his offensive game. But if you got a guy that's this athletic, this big, this good at defense, and also not to mention, he's the youngest player. You can, someone can stat uh, check me here, but he's the youngest player in this draft. He doesn't turn 19 until November of this year. This kid's only 18 years old still. So which is a whole eight months younger than Chet. 
So I yeah. think there's still a lot of potential with uh, Duran, and I think the given that they have McCollum and Ingram, I can picture them going center here, picking a big man. Yeah, I have Duran in the next couple picks as well. I uh, I liked his big. You, you saw him in the game against Duke, right? They played Duke. They lost to Duke. They lost to Gonzaga. Gonzaga, sorry. You saw against Gonzaga that he before when, when he wasn't in foul trouble, they played ball. They played possession for possession with Gonzaga. As soon as yep. he went out, the defensive thing totally changed for Memphis. And so, yeah, Jalen Duran, really good player. Uh, one more note on him, actually. I think also, you know, the lack of offense is noticeable, but I think he is really good in the pick and roll game. So that's obviously huge in the NBA. So I think that aspect will translate over just fine. And yeah, I, I anticipate him being a, a quality guy in the NBA. I don't know if he'll ever reach, you know, superstar or star status, but he will be a serviceable big man for, uh, for years to come. And one thing that I didn't say, sorry, too, is that obviously his shooting is what's going to determine like his viability and, and like career length in the NBA. If you yeah. can get a little mid range or a deeper type of shot, then, you know, we could, we could, uh, we could be uh, eating our words here, but but it just depends on how much effort he's going to put into that. So, here's where I have Benedict going. Uh, just uber athletic guy. That dunk he had in the March Madness was maybe the dunk of the year for college basketball. Just absolutely insane athleticism and a great shooter. So he's six six, two ten. Shot 36% on threes, which is a little lower than some of these other guys, but he shot six attempts a game, which was the highest out of all these guys. So upper 30 percentage-wise for that many attempts a game, that's that's a good shooter. And you pair it up shooting with great athleticism, that usually means a good NBA prospect. So Wizards are in need of a, a wing like that. So I, if Benedict is still available at the eighth pick and the Wizards get the eighth pick, I can't see them passing up on an athletic wing like that. Yeah, I agree. If he's still left here, I think he's gone too. I uh, I went Oshiabaji because I think the Wizards are going to trade Bradley Beal. I think they're going to okay. do something. I do something like that, and I think I think if so, you he's got like a, your Beal replacement almost. I mean, if you got a very high end, complete ceiling ceiling comparison for Oshiabaji, I think it's Bradley Beal. So so I think that that type of player, you bring it back in, see what they what they're going to get for him, but. But again, even if not, I think a Beal trade is on the horizon anyway. And to get a guy in, maybe it's not this year that you trade Beal, but to get a Baji in, learn from Beal, be an off-the-bench scorer for the first couple of years, then you trade Beal. I just think that his scoring ability um, gives you something that you can you can have talent-wise. He's a, he's a bucket. The kid can definitely shoot, that's for sure. We saw that all tournament. I, did, I do honestly, I don't know. I think he's going to fall. You could be I right. Think he's gonna fall. Oh, I know you're shaking your head because you hate Kansas and they beat Nova. Six for but... six against Nova. Uh-huh. Is that actually what it is? Like he started the game six for six from three, and he was six oh, for that, six. Those okay. were his only shots, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sick. Oh yeah. By the way, we're almost done with this mock draft. We only decided to do top ten instead of top fourteen, given that most of those uh, ten through fourteen teams are the potential playoff teams so yeah. we just skip those guys kings here we got as a uh, ninth pick johnny davis i just like his floor uh, i think he's got one of the highest floors in this 
uh, draft class, but he's got a low ceiling. You know, he's one of those high floors, low ceiling guys. I don't anticipate him ever being a star, but he's going to come in uh, and get buckets. He can score in multiple ways. How big is he here? He's 6'5", 200 pounds, you know, just dynamic scorer, uh, can create for himself. Uh, amazing in transition as well. So I think personally, I think beginning of the year, if he, you know, you take out the last two months of the season, this guy's a top for sure seven pick, but given his uh, inconsistent and poor performance towards the end of the season and also an ankle injury that people might be concerned about, I think he's going to drop a little bit. And at this point in the draft, uh, the Kings need a, another wing or at least like a two type player there. So uh, position-wise, this fits the Kings greatly. I think Jalen Duran, if he drops this far, is a, is a player the Kings can't pass up. And I think that they're finally going to try to see if they can get it right in a big after Chris Webber. So I go. like I like this pick by you here because I think you pair him up with us a bonus. Those are some those are some rebounders down there. Literally, and that's a good big combo with that's a good two man game with Sabonis's passing ability. Yeah. Aaron, so, yeah. If he if he definitely falls to here, and Kings are gonna take him. At least I hope so, because that actually fits their team really well. Uh, Portland Trailblazers. I'm gonna let you go with Mark. Uh, Mark talk here, just because I think this is a little too high for Mark Williams. Yeah, it could be a little too high. I think the the Pacers need or the Blazers need some uh, down low defense, and I think Mark provides that ability if nothing else. And I think that given his size, if he can develop even a little bit more of a touch around the rim game, he could be a, he could be a double, double guy. So I think, oh, for uh, sure. I think that that's a, a need for Portland and, and they see it here, but I like your Jaden Sharp pick too, because obviously the upside there is more for him. So I'll let you right. that. Yeah. So Mark, Mark, I got him falling more towards like that 15 range, but yeah. Obviously, elite shot blocker and, and rebounder. So I could see this stretch pick here. But Shaden Sharp, I don't know. I just think, obviously, there's still the possibility that he returns to Kentucky. But I think once he goes to, you know, these these meet, uh, workouts with the NBA teams and all that kind of stuff, he's going to be like, yeah, I need to go, Lee. Because there's no way he won't be a lottery pick. And if he actually played at Kentucky, he'd be a top five pick. His... His talent level is insane. And for those that don't know, he reclassified. That's why he didn't play at Kentucky last year. Like, so he's a super young kid too. So elite talent, explosive athlete, and he has that ability to take over games. So obviously you're thinking next level player NBA, they have to have that ability. If they're going to be like elite, they have to have that takeover ability. So uh, if he falls to here, which he very well could, given that he did not play at Kentucky. The Blazers, they got to jump on this. Uh, this is, if he falls to here, this is, you're getting a guy that would is a lock for a top five pick in other drafts at 10. This is a, this is a no-brainer pick. Agreed. But this again, is this is all banking on him actually going to the draft. Agreed. Which again, I think he will, but you never know. Agreed. There it is. There it is. Top 10, That's our- early. Way too early NBA mock draft. I wonder how close our fake lottery will actually be. 
that'd be hilarious. It's just perfect. We just, just it. literally we right just, on. <laughs> we got we uh, the aliens, you know, the ones that control it, the simulation. They yeah. gave us that, well, that need on this one, so that's why we got yet it. another thing that would confirm that it's a simulation. <laughs> Facts. The, the Facts. Duke UNC thing was enough the way it was. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we are. We're to the end of the episode. We're gonna do Q and A briefly, and then we'll get you guys on the way. All right, Spinny, we're going with this question that we re- we received a long time ago, and I know we've had talks about this, and we also did briefly mention it when we did our uh, top ten NBA players weeks ago. But Kobe or Tim Duncan, who is the better player? Our buddy Aaron Boysman asks. That is tough. <laughs> that is, that's almost as tough as a a Jordan Lebron debate. Those Come those on. two guys. I don't, yeah, maybe well, you're right, obviously right. Just because of like, if you look at resume wise, they have almost the exact same, like practically analytics, the same resume. Analytics guys are absolutely horny for Tim Duncan. I will say analytics that. guys would pick 10 yeah. for sure. Yeah. Because Kobe there, you know, there was a lot of bad shooting percentage years for Kobe. So, so that'll obviously have, have a play in there. People don't like him for that reason. Um, based on the amount of times he shot, but, but I'm taking Kobe as far as. I just, maybe I'm a little guard over, over big bias given, given what happened, but, but I, also I have think, that bias. I also think Kobe won more. Kobe won with less, especially the second. Yes. Powell, mm-hmm. I think his Powell Bynum teams that he beat Boston's big three with, I think that winning there, those two teams, if you put all the championship Lakers first championship teams, you put them all together, all 10 of them between Duncan and Kobe, I think those two Lakers teams are the bottom two. Yeah, I agree with that. So I give Cody, I give Kobe a little bit of uh, credit for that. So I'm going to take Kobe, but it's close. And as we said in our top ten, I had Kobe a lot higher than, and we both did. Than I would say most people do. So we're going to be a little yeah. less on that. Yeah, I'm going Kobe as well for you know the same reasons you said. And I just, I'm definitely biased. I have that. Gu- I have a guard big bias there. I definitely usually prefer guards or forwards over bigs, especially when. Uh, you know, making rankings or or trying to compare greats like this. But I definitely agree that those two, those last two rings that Kobe got, he had the worst team out of those 10 rings combined between Kobe and, and Tim. So given how close of a resume these guys got, I think it it's fair to nitpick a little bit and have Agreed. something like that be the reason to separate them. So agree, that, but that's I'll my take any as well. I'll take any Timmy arguments. I'm not. I'm not an anti. Right. I'm not against Tim at all. Style, He's obviously so. elite, best power forward yeah. of all time. At least, at least right now, obviously. Giannis still got some years to go, but true, true. Okay, there you go, Ron. And I'm interested in hearing your take. I'm. I'm assuming he's picking Tim. I would given say. what I know about Boysman. Yep. Where Let is our know. other question here? Okay. Dan, Tim, obviously just the go-to guy for our questions here. Always shooting us questions. Love it. I had to ask this one just because we didn't talk a lot of MLB today, actually. We didn't talk any MLB today. So we're going to throw this one in here. If he stayed healthy for this entire season, is Byron Buxton the best player in the MLB? Or at least could he be? 
Maybe could, maybe could, but I don't think he is. Um, but I think he could be like top 10, top five, given where he's at. I think Correa is still better than him, so that's kind of hard, I guess. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where, where, where we end up. We haven't seen really a full Byron Buxton season in his prime. Right, exactly. Yet. So, like, it's hard for me to, like, say that when we haven't even seen it. But I think Correa is better either way, I guess. But so I think Correa well, is you... more. I think Correa is more the top five player, where Buxton's maybe top fifteen. I'd say. I'd say that's where. That's where. I, I like that. I can I'm see that. I don't. That. See, I don't even know if if Correa is is that high, even to be honest with you. I'm not saying Correa is that high, but I think he more oh, has saying... the potential to be that high. Okay. Yeah, I I agree with that statement for sure. Um. Yeah, I guess to answer your question, Dan, I would say no. I don't think if he do, even does stay healthy, I don't think he would be. I don't even think he would be a top five player in the MLB because you already think about just think about player that players that are out there. Trout, I mean Mike Trout, <laughs> if he's healthy, like he's obviously a god, definitely better than Buxton. Um, Otani, he's obviously better than Buxton. He can pitch and bat. You know, Vlad, he's better than Buxton. So obviously you get Buxton's outfield or, you know, his fielding and stuff like that, that, you know, you have an argument there, but at if least. you want to say five wise, tool player. Yeah. You have really, an argument, you know, I guess. Yeah. So he can definitely slide in based on everything that he does. He can definitely become a top 10 player for sure. Especially if he stayed healthy. But since, you know, like Spinney said, we haven't even seen that we have not seen a healthy buyer Buxton for a whole season so I'm skeptical that that'll be the thing but I'm I got my fingers crossed because if, if Buxton's healthy all year we are looking nice with that Agreed. Korea and Buxton that Korea and Buxton if we can if we can lineup. figure out a closer that doesn't blow blow right if we can get some bullpen help but yeah <laughs> um there it is there it is episode 10 holy episode crap 10. Double digits, cool. Spinny. That's a go. That's a zero one. Sage. <laughs> uh, one thing uh, I want to say before we before we leave here, for those that actually make it to the end of the videos, you'll get a little sneak peek on the sneak peek. We have a uh, we'll have a special this week coming out either tomorrow or Wednesday. That'll be uh, pretty fun. We'll have a uh, kind of a. More of a big J journalism person who's kind of an insider on uh, on our topic. I think that's all I'm going to reveal for you guys right now. Just I like uh, it. I was going to say, don't even say suspense, But we've got a pretty cool guest on a pretty cool topic related to Minnesota. I think I could say that Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah, that's fair enough. So, so it'll be fun. Check it out. We'll uh, we'll be advertising it in the next couple of days. Yeah, we'll obviously get that posted on social media and all that once the episodes done but yeah I, I like that little sneak peek spinny i'm not going to give any more hints no either. that's it i think, I think that's it yeah. i think you gave a fair enough hint so yeah be on the lookout for that this the episode probably won't be you know as long as our march madness special or anything like that but yeah like spinny said a pretty big time reporter and insider uh given the topic that we're about to talk about so yeah look out for that and i guess i appreciate you guys listening to episode 10 Episode 10! We can't wait. I thought about having a little... Episode 10 seemed a little short to have a special, but maybe like 25 or 50, we'll bring... We'll have some fireworks or something cool for y'all. So stick around <laughs> with us for that. 
We love you, hard-headed fans. And have a beautiful night. See you next week.